Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. Well, I'm glad you're here. Are you glad to be here this morning? Praise God. I'm excited to be able to deliver the Word this morning, and um, I know that our hearts are open, our hearts are prepared, our hearts are ready to go. And so let's start with prayer again this morning, if you would, heads bowed and eyes closed. Father God, Lord, we know that your presence is already in our midst this morning. Father God, we know that you are here with us, that you live in us, that you dwell inside of us. And Father God, we're so, so, so thankful for that. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us powerless and weak and feeble. But Father God, you have enabled us, equipped us to be more than conquerors, to be overcomers through you, to live this life as your hands and feet as the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you that we are your ambassadors, that we are sent on behalf of you to accomplish your king, you as our king, your business. And Father, we thank you for that this morning. Holy Spirit, I I ask that you open up our hearts, that you are the great teacher. We thank you for supernatural comprehension, attention, retention, and recall. They may bring forth that you may be our teacher, our helper, and help us exactly where each and every one of us are at this morning, that we may grow from the milk to the meat of the Word of God. Because, God, we don't want to be lukewarm. We don't want to be half-hearted, but we want to be all in, Father God. We want you to accept us. We want, you, we, do, we want to know, Father God, well done, good and faithful servant for the life that we've lived here on this earth. Lord, we want our actions, our words, our choices to please your heart. And Lord, we thank you for that this morning. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're talking about Honor God is our big series that we're working on here and that we've been talking about this week. And so um, uh, I hope that you've been reading your Bible, that you've been working on it, whatever phase that you're in, whether you are in the five-minute plan, the 15-minute plan, or the 30-minute plan, whatever works for you. Um, hopefully you've been digging into John a little bit and looking at the, the nature of Jesus and who Jesus is in his life here on this earth. Did you know and realize that John actually was... Um, presents a lot of the stories that the other three um, uh, disciples didn't catch. And so it's really cool to be able to see John's perspective in it as well and to understand my favorite part probably about John is John often refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved, right? And so it's so funny because he's writing this biography, this autobiography about himself, but yet he's saying, ah, oh, the one Jesus loved. And so it just gives me a little bit of humor on that. But um, hopefully that, that you've been doing that and looking at the wisdom in Proverbs as well and really digging into that. And then, man, if you're into Romans, like, wow, that's amazing because that's the deep stuff. Like, that's the revelation of really understanding and realizing, wow, the freedom that we have in Christ from coming from the law, now moving in toward the freedom that Christ has brought us and that we're not bound to that, but yet in a way that we are, it's still the law that's written upon our hearts. So encourage you, if you haven't been doing it, jump in wherever you're at and jump in and just get started. Today's the 21st, if I recall right. So we're uh, finishing up John and then moving right into James 22nd. Um, and then uh, finishing up Proverbs, and then moving forward from there. So um, super glad that, that you are joining in with us. And so all of this is talking about honoring God and pleasing God. So I would encourage you this morning, I do have a few things for you today. So if you're taking notes, that's great. I see a lot of pens and pencils out here as well. If you're not, you can take notes on your phone. There's no way that this uh, spewing of information here and scriptures and such is going to be all caught in one time, I promise you. So write it down, study on it, work through it this week. I want to start with a couple stories this morning, first and foremost. There was a man in the Old Testament. I'm not going to give too much of it away. But there was a man who was, they had just, um, uh, they were, the Israelites were in battle. 
Um, the Israelites, as we know, are God's people, right? They are God's people. They were going right in to take the promised land that they had not taken before with the, the era of Joshua and Caleb when they came out of the, the um, Egypt, right? And so now they're entering into the promised land. They've just crossed the river Jordan, and God says, hey, I will bless you. You will be prospered in whatever you do. Whatever you set your hand to do, you shall prosper. And so they went forward knowing that they were going to take the land that God had promised to their forefather Isaac. But there's something that happened when they went out to battle one day. They lost. And they came back and they said, wait, we lost. Why did we lose? Why did we lose? God, you promised us. Why, why, why? And God revealed to them and showed them that there is a man in your camp. I specifically gave you directions from your last battle. And I said, do not take any of the plunder for yourselves, none of the gold, none of the bronze, none of the silver. But it all goes to the temple. It goes for the Lord's work. And so God actually led the leaders, and they found this man. And they said, please, tell the truth. And so he said, yes, it was me. I just wanted them so badly. I saw this fine robe from Babylon. I saw these silver coins. I saw this gold bar. He said, I've put it in my tent and buried it, the silver, deeper than the others. And they went, and they looked. And sure enough, they had found that this man did not follow what God asked them to do. And as they singled him out, they found him. He said, they said, yes, did you do this? He said, yes, I did. They took him and his family out, and they stoned him and burned their bodies and everything that he took. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about what it means to honor God and the importance of honoring God. We're going to be talking a little bit about humility. We're going to be talking a little bit about pride. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, uh, the submission and, and how we can practice those things, because without those things, as Jesus clearly, clearly told us in the scriptures, we are nothing. He said, the greatest of you is the most humble. In other words, that's my paraphrase. We're going to go into that a little bit more. The other scripture, the other story that I have, that man's name was Achan. From that story, it's in Joshua 6 and 7. Go read it if you don't believe me. And the battle that they had just come from was the Battle of Jericho. We are, a lot of us are familiar with the Battle of Jericho and the spoils and the plunder, how God miraculously gave them the walls of Jericho. They said that the walls of Jericho were so thick that they used to race chariots on top of the walls of Jericho. And yet the, the walls fell with their shout on the seventh day. Isn't that amazing? And so there's a lot of other series of battles. They begin to win again and all these other things. But this man here, because, and if you go read it, it's really interesting because it says the pride in his heart. He said, I just wanted those things so badly. Is that any of us today? I'm hoping that you can relate and pull on something. Is there something in your heart oftentimes that you want so badly that may not be line up with the word of God? We're going to get into that more in just a minute. Story number two comes from Luke chapter 18. And I'm just going to read it here. Uh, you can pull it up if you can catch up with me there, Isaac. I'm sorry I didn't get you these scriptures. Luke 18, verse 9. This is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And really, I'm going to paraphrase here. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One of them was a tax collector. Now, if you've caught up on your chosen any at all, the tax collector Matthew, the people hated the tax collectors. Why? Because they worked for the Romans and they took all their money. They were always being ruthless. They were mean. They were rude. And yet the tax collectors had lots of money for taking the money of the Jewish people. It's kind of like if I ask you this. I know that you can't wait till tax season because you're loving having conversations with the IRS. You're loving filling out your tax reports. You're loving to do that, right? 
I'm not getting much response here, especially from my accountants and the different bookkeepers and such, right? No, that, hey, we're not a big fan of the IRS because they're ruthless a lot of times. They say, hey, I don't really like the rules. I don't like it when you take my money, all of these things. So a tax collector in a lot was the same way. So here we have two men. One was a tax collector and the other um, that we have um, uh, was a Pharisee. Um, and they went up to the temple and, and the Pharisee said this and I, I love this he says in verse 11 here he says God I thank you here's these praying God I thank you that I am not like these other men thank you God that I am not a cheater I am not a sinner I am not an adulterer and I am certainly not like a tax collector right and so he's saying all these things he says i fast twice a week i bring tithes of all that i possess and then here on the other hand is this pharisee and we know that the pharisees were not that great either when you go and look and study they were very religious in their day very following the law of the old school plan but the pharisee he came and he said um or i'm sorry the tax collector said this standing afar off and that he would not even raise his eyes to heaven he says god be merciful to me a sinner and god said this i'm sorry i think i got a little bit wrong the tax collector was the one that came the pharisee was the one saying look at me look at me look at me verse 14 i tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted what are we talking about today uh, the main point what i want you to understand and realize is that in order for us to live a life of honor to god we must be willing to submit to god and honor those in authority over us and that's what we're talking about today and so when we look at this message in this parable there's so much in it that we can begin to understand and realize about this i want to um uh give you a couple of quotes uh, has anybody ever heard of um oh shoot um c.s lewis C.S. Lewis, right? You may be familiar with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He also wrote lots of books, Screw Tape Letters, Mere Christianity, a bunch of those different type of books and different things. And it was really interesting because this, and we're going we're gonna to jump into this idea of, of pride here just a little bit. And he says this, he says, Make no mistake about it. Pride is the great sin. It's the devil's most effective and destructive tool. C.S. Lewis said this. C.S. Lewis was an atheist. He was one that came in, and because he started to try and prove God out of the equation, he ended up realizing, hey, God is part of the equation on this. Um, uh, Jonathan Edwards, in the revival in Northampton, Massachusetts in 1737, in the Great Awakening, he said this, the first and worst cause of errors that abound in our day and age is spiritual pride. This is the main door by which the devil comes into the hearts of those who are zealous for the advancement of Christ. He goes on to say some other things in poetic language. It's the chief inlet of smoke from the bottomless pit to darken the mind and mislead the judgment. Pride is the main handle by which he has hold of Christian persons and the chief source of all the mischief that he introduces to clog and hinder the work of God. Spiritual pride is the main spring or at least the main support of all the others. A big verse that I want to give you this morning, Proverbs 16, hopefully you read it this week, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, but a hard, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I want to talk just for a minute about pride. It's not something that we're going to sit here and rejoice about. It's not something that we're going to sit here and say, Oh yeah, that was just great, I'm so excited, let's go. 
No, pride is a place of how it is. It's a strategy that we can use a, a guard against pride to be able to get to the place of honoring God in our lives. We have to be at the place of saying, God, I'm going to what? And let me let me back up and get ahead of myself. What is the opposite of pride? Humility. Right? So just as we have faith and we have fear, so we have pride and we have humility. Let's define a little bit about what pride is. The Webster says this, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements, the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated, or from the qualities or, and this is underlined, possessions that are widely admired. Hmm. Confidence and self-respect as expressed by members of a group, typically one that has been socially marginalized on the basis of their shared identity, culture, and experience. I want to kind of define pride this morning as a, a simpler form of that. We all have a different construct of what pride is. I want to define pride as not submitting yourself before God. I want to look at pride in the aspect of not submitting yourself before God. I'm going to let that sink in for just a little bit this morning. Maybe you haven't looked at it in that form or that fashion. Maybe you've been in a place, let's try to pick some examples of a real life, okay? Let's try to say, okay, well, God, I'll do anything but this. Has anybody ever said that before? I'm going to tell a story from Pastor Nancy. I remember as a kid growing up, she said, God, I'll do anything but go to Africa. <laughs> well, thank God she didn't have to go to Africa, but, you know... She would go now. Her heart has changed, right? Maybe just because this message today, you don't want to get called out. No, I'm just teasing, right? <laughs> pride, pride is a place of, of submitting ourselves before God. Now, let's look at what humility is. The definition of humility in the uh, Webster's is having or showing a modest or a low estimate of one's own importance, of low social, administrative, or political rank, um, or indignity or importance. I want to give you a definition of humility this morning that you can take and grasp hold of. Humility is simply submitting yourself to God. Now, what does that look like? Looks like basically in the simplest form, the way I describe it is, God, if you're telling me to do it, I'm going to do it. God, if you're not telling me to do it, I'm not going to do it. How does God tell us to do it or how does God tell us not to do it? Number one, he tells us in his word, right? We have guidance in his word about how we should live our Christian lives, especially I'm excited for when we get up to Peter and James. These readings talk a lot about godly conduct and moral conduct and what it should look like as a believer in your life and in your home. Humility is submitting yourself to God, submitting yourself to God and saying, okay, God, this may not be fun for a minute, but I'm going to do it. I remember as a kid, my parents would always drag me in here and we'd do prayer all the time. You know, um, on Tuesday nights, I didn't, sometimes as I got older, they let me go play with my friends and different things like that. But oftentimes they said, nope, you're staying in here for prayer. I'm like, oh, prayer's so boring. <laughs> you feel me, Braden? All right. Okay. All right. So I, I felt that way, right? I was like, man, this is, oh, okay. All right. Well, let's go like, only thing I'm going to get after prayer is dry mouth, right? No, I'm just like, man, uh, okay, I need a drink right now. Are you done yet? Come on, right? So honestly, that's how I felt about prayer certain times, right? But 
as growing up and now in my perspective, I look at it and say, prayer is an absolute awesome way to humble yourself before God, to submit yourself before God. Prayer puts your own fleshly desires down. It takes you away out of the equation. You say, God, no, true prayer is from the heart. True prayer is repentance. True, pa- uh, true prayer is coming before God openly before Him and saying, God, I open up my heart. I open up the doors of my heart to say, okay, God, you want to change it? You want to make it? I remember another lesson growing up. Man, I'm really uh, talking about my parents this morning, but I remember another lesson growing up. We had, I don't know if you did this one, you probably did sometimes, but we, they brought in a couple things in children's church. One was a rock and one was clay. And the simple lesson and the only thing I remember besides the coloring pages and the snacks was, was that the, our heart should not be like a rock. Our heart should be like clay. And so when we talk about our heart, I'm often remembering that my heart, I'm envisioning clay in my heart. I'm envisioning that, okay, God, you're the great potter and I'm the clay. I'm saying, okay, you come in and mold me and make me. If you want to make some funky shape, if you want to roll out a snake like we do in preschool, go ahead and do it, right? If you want to make some fancy little star shape out of a cookie cutter, go ahead and do it. My heart's yours. Oftentimes, I feel like if we're not careful, our heart begins to like, the clay begins to start drying out a little bit. And then it's not as easily moldable. It's, it starts flaking off and parts of it start coming off and, and coming. we let little pieces of our heart begin to say, well, God, I'll go to church and I'll serve you in this area, but I ain't doing that. A little piece of our heart then becomes hardened to that. We say, okay, well, I'm going to do this because it feels good and it, it satisfies. I've had a hard week. Man, I'm just going to cure it with whatever, fill in the blank a little piece of that heart then starts to become crusty. And when God tries to begin to mold it and make it, He can't do it because your clay is hardened. You understand what I'm saying this morning? So part of humbling ourselves before God and and, and honoring Him with it is the fact that we say, God, I submit to you. And part of our submission to God is keeping the heart that's clay, not pieces. Our life shouldn't be segmented in little pieces, but it should say, hey, it's going to be consistent. Whether I'm at church, whether I'm at my job, whether I'm, for those of you that may work in the oil field, or Nick, if you're watching this, whether I'm in the patch or wherever I'm at, my life should be consistent. Now, you may say it's a little bit easier to come to church and sit in that chair and listen to the preacher and feel good about everything. And yeah, I'm doing pretty good. But then you go to that job and you go home and you start watching the trash on TV or you start going out with your coworkers and they start telling dirty jokes and you start laughing about the things. Then you're like, oh, well, hmm, maybe part of my heart is not quite the way that it should be. Come on now. God's calling us up higher in this. What's our whole context of this? Our whole context is honoring God. That's our big idea. Part of honoring God, we must submit. Let me give this other example to definition here. To submit to God is three points. If you're writing, write this down. Number one, you retire from your own way, you withdraw, and you yield to God's way. I'm going to say that again. Humility looks like to submit to God in humility means, number one, that you retire from your own way. Number two, you withdraw. And number three, you yield.
All right. We doing good so far this morning? So what are we talking about? We're talking about humility. As I was studying this a little bit, I never realized that James and Peter have a verse that said the exact same thing. Did you know that? Did anybody else know that? If you did, you're more spiritual than me, and you probably have a better place in heaven. But I didn't, uh, I didn't even know that, right? So James 4, 6, and 7, and 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9, they both say that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Man, if it's written twice, it must be for a reason. It must be important. When you're understanding and interpreting biblical uh, scriptures, if it's mentioned twice, hey, maybe it's a little bit more important, especially by different authors. Maybe there's a, 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 some meat to this here that we need to understand on this. So God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6 and 7 talk about this. Um, it says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I want to give you a couple verses this morning that talk about the importance of understanding why we should submit ourselves to God. Now, understand this this morning that I'm talking about submission and humility often kind of paired up, right? Humility looks like submission. Submission in a lot of ways is humility. And we're talking specifically unto God this morning. A little bit later, we're going to talk about our lives and some other places that we can practice submission. But right now we're talking about submitting our lives to God. What's the reason why? Because we want to honor God. How many want to honor God this morning? I don't know about you, but I want to honor God. To me, that's the, that's the, that's the biggest, uh, uh, that's like the biggest role that I want to play in my life. God, I want my life to honor you. I want my choices. I want my actions. I want my words to honor you. Gosh, it's big this morning in my heart that, that our lives should be consistent. Can I tell you something else growing up in a pastor's home, in your pastor's home? They're like, oh, great, what's he going to say now? <laughs> My parents, let me go back just a little bit. When I grew up as a teenager and I saw people, other kids that I knew in church, and I saw them outside of church, they didn't act the same way as they did in church. And to me, that really blew my brain. I was like, wait, you're different? And then as I began to understand and look a little bit more, I began to think, wait, you're different because your parents are different. When I'd go to their house or see some other part of them, I was like, whoa, you're not the same person that I see at church. And it appalled me because, and this is honor to your pastors, in growing up in their home, we weren't one way at church and a different way at home. It was the same, con same set of expectations, same rules, same mom and dad at church and at home. It was different roles that they played as far as pastors, but it was the same when we were at church and the same at home, it was consistent. So I want to challenge you in that today. Parents, kids, whatever your role is, be consistent. Be consistent in living a holy life to honor God. As parents, as grandparents, the thing that you can do the most is to let your kids know that you're an example 
by your actions, your choices. And we're not perfect, guys. I'm not saying be perfect. They weren't perfect. They'll tell you that they weren't perfect. But it's the fact that you're consistent, that you're true, that you're genuine in and out. Stuff that you watch on TV, would you take it in church and play it on that screen? I, I beg to challenge you, what's the difference? It's still your same heart. It's still your spirit. You're still consuming that. You're still opening the gates into your heart. <laughs> We're honoring God right now, guys. Honoring God doesn't always come easy. Honoring God, if it's a state of your heart, should be at the place, God, remember that clay? That clay has to be moldable, makeable. Don't let some dry out. Don't let some get detached. Don't get some, let some be far off. You are the one. You are the one that is responsible for humbling yourself before God. You're the one that's responsible for submitting yourself unto God. Big idea number one. To be used by God, you must lay down your ways and desires and pick up His ways and desires. So I'm going to say that again. Big idea number one. To be used by God, you must lay down your ways and desires and pick up His ways and desires. Let me ask you this this morning. If I said to you, okay, what are God's ways and desires? Can you answer me in a way that's not religious? Just be honest. You don't have to like raise your hand, not raise your hand, confess to somebody. It doesn't matter. Just think about it for a minute. Can you say, God, what are your ways? What are your plans? What are your desires for me? If you don't, that's a great opportunity for you to say, okay, gosh, I got to feed my spirit. I got to get some knowledge on this here a little bit. I got to get some understanding on this a little bit. For anybody that's been reading Proverbs, Proverbs is all about knowledge and understanding, right? It's about, hey, getting that wisdom, getting that peace. Where do you get it? You get it from the Word of God? You get it by listening to, to great godly teachers who expound on the Word of God? You get it from, from reading books, whether it's in audio format, listening to them, reading them, whatever media format works well for you? That should be the voice that's helping you to understand, God, I know what your desires is. You say this, the word of God is the will of God, and the will of God is the word of God. They go in tandem. They go together. We know that, God, I know I'm seeking after your will if I'm reading the word of God. Some of you may have the question, say, well, I read the word of God, and I just get confused after about the third word. <laughs> All right, so... Let's back up a little bit and let's, let's break it down and let's say, okay, how can you pull meaning from that? How can you grab meaning from that? We're all at different stages of learners in our life. Some of us are great readers. Some of us are horrible readers. Some of us love to read. Some of us don't. Okay, find a medium that works for you. Maybe you listen to it and it helps you. Good. Maybe you listen to it and read it while it's being good. Good. Maybe you slow it down to 0.5 on the app, on the, the app so as you listen to it so you can really comprehend it. Maybe you read it in King James and then you read it in Amplified and then you read it in NLT. Maybe you read it in The Passion. Get a translation that you can understand. The enemy would want nothing better than you get out that Bible and it doesn't make sense to you, so you quit and you give up. Then the Word of God is not planted in your heart. 
God wants to plant that word in your heart. He wants that word to grow. As you take the effort, you say, God, I'm going to humble myself before you. I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to get up just a couple minutes early and read just a couple passages of something. Start with where you're at. The word of God is the will of God. If you don't know the will of God, what should you do? Read more of the word of God or listen to more of the word of God or get more of the knowledge and the wisdom of the word of God. Big idea number two. We have the ability to humble ourselves. We have the ability to humble ourselves. Oftentimes, we say, well, God, just humble me right now. Just, uh, God, you must be humbling me because uh, all these problems are coming down the t- tube and um, this, this happened and this broke and this is here and that's there. So, okay, God, I'll take your humbleness. Uh, no. I remember a verse that really came out during COVID a lot. Almost, It was like it, God really laid it on all the ministers' hearts and even ours was 2 Chronicles 7.14. And it says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will heal their land. Let's break that down just a minute. What is step number one? If my people, how many are God's people this morning? I'm God's people, amen. If my people who are called by my name, we're called by his name, Let's go ahead and pull that one up, Isaac, if you would. I want to make sure and get it right. If they will, number one, what's the first step? Humble themselves. Wait, this doesn't say Jesus is humbling you. This doesn't say God's humbling you. Whose responsibility is it to humble you? Me. It's my responsibility to humble myself. Okay. All right. So, that means, Stephen, that Diana can't do it for you, even though I know that, you know, there's a lot of things that she really does help you out, right? I know my wife is a helpmate. She's a good thing. There's a lot of things I ask her to rely on. But ultimately, even though she would love to humble you, it's your job to humble you, right? Absolutely. That's right. Hey, Stephen's good for it, I know, right? It's our job to be able to humble ourselves. Let's, you got it, Isaac, for me? All right. He's working on it. I know he's, I appreciate you, Isaac. Thank you for all you're doing back there. 2 Chronicles 7.14, yep. Humble themselves first. And then what is the next thing that we're supposed to do? Pray. Oh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, number one, and pray. And then what's the next thing that it says? And seek my face. Here's a recipe for submission right here. Here's a recipe for humility right here. Check up on these three areas. Number one. Are you choosing to humble yourself? Is it the attitude of your heart? Is your heart the clay? Number two, are you praying? Are you spending the time in fellowship and relationship with God? Number three, are you, um, are you uh, seeking God's face? You might do a couple things, but you might, not, you might be missing one of those pieces. How are we doing this morning? Everybody good? Everybody still doing good? All right. This is good stuff. This is honor. We're honoring God. We're practicing what it means to honor God. It's not always uh, a message that says, wow, man, this is, this is awesome. I just, but this is the message that really is required of us to be able to do. So then what happens? We turn from our wicked ways. That's related to big idea number one. Turn from our wicked ways. We have to be willing We have to be willing, that sounded southern, we have to be willing, willing, y'all. We have to be willing to be able to 
Submit to God's ways. Submit to his plan. Submit to what he's writing on our hearts. Submit to what he's speaking to us. Submitting to serve him about this. Big idea number three. The only way for a fight or an argument to stop is for a person to humble themselves. I want you to think for just a minute about this. For those that are married and in a relationship, you could think about your spouse. For those that aren't, you can think about a friend, a BFF or whoever. You can think about a family member, somebody, maybe a coworker. The only way for a fight or a conflict to stop is for a person to humble themselves. It takes one person. In our marriage workshops, we call that the crazy cycle. For those that have been in our past marriage workshops and different things, talk about, hey, it takes the first person to be able to say, hey, no, I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to choose that even though I feel wronged, even though I feel like I'm right, and this is, I'm right, and you need to listen to me, and if you'd hurry up and listen to me, we'd get this taken care of. But you can ask Kinder, that never happens. It's always her. <laughs> Just teasing. Just teasing, it's usually the other way around, right? Um, but, but what happens is, is that we've got to get to the place of saying, okay, yep, I'm sorry. We've got to get to the place of humbling ourselves and saying, love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. First uh, Corinthians 13. We've got to be, and we call that being the bigger person. Jesus said this, the disciples they will know you by your love. Love is the correct fill-in-the-blank answer. They will know you by your love. And so, guys, one of the biggest lifestyles that we can do wherever we're at, Braden, whether you're in school, whether you're running down the cross-country path, wherever it is, how are your friends going to know that you are a believer in Jesus? They will know you by your love. Right? What does love look like? Love looks like submission to God. And in other words, what is submission to God? I'm humbling myself and I'm saying, okay, I'm sorry. Apply that to whatever situation, whatever relationship, whatever circumstance you're in, and you'll see some results on it. Big idea number four. <clears throat> you must yield to God privately before you can yield to him publicly. You must yield to God privately before you can yield to Him publicly. Your pastors are up here, including myself. And I, I, this feels hard to say this because it sounds prideful, but I'm trying to teach you on this. So, you can take that, that tone that it's coming from teaching. If you'll ask every one of your pastors, why are you doing what you're doing? Ultimately, it would boil down to we're submitting ourselves before God and his call for our lives. And so this is an outward sign of an inward heart. We don't do this because we say, oh, it's fun, I can't wait to spend four hours on a Saturday preparing a message, come to church two hours early, and then 
spend half of my Sunday at church. No, it's not that. It's a place of saying, God, this is your will. That's what you want me to do. I'm happy to do it and submit to you because it's furthering your kingdom here on this earth. Our public life should be an overflow of our private life. You want to seek God? You want to have him lead you more? It's not going up to the pastor and say, hey, I really feel like God's placed the prophet anointing on me, so next Sunday I want to prophesy. That's not it. That's not it. What do you do instead? You go to God and you humble yourself before him and say, God, whatever it is your will, I don't care what it is, I'll do it. Whatever is your plan, I'll do it. Remember the heart? Remember the clay? Remember that. God, I want no part of that hardening. I want no part of my heart drying up. My metaphorical heart, I want it to say, God, I'm open to you in every single way. I feel like God just said, some of you in here today, that step is forgiveness. Some of you in here today have a hard part on your heart because you haven't forgiven somebody in your life. And that's holding you back from where God wants you to be moving forward. So choose today as you leave this room, you say, God, in an act of my honor and submission unto you, I ask you, you don't have to do it by yourself, God will help you, I ask you to help me to forgive that person. And when you're ready, there may be an outward sign that God asks you to do. And be open. It's, a, it's, a, it's an outflow of your trust with God. Does that make sense this morning? So this big point number four, you must yield to God privately before you can yield to him publicly. Don't look to say, hey, gosh, God, I want you to, I want you to, to I'm ready to go use me. I'm stepping out in the middle of Safeway parking lot and I'm yelling it out. God, everybody come. No, I mean, whatever, right? <laughs> but instead, what's the, what's the approach of submitting yourself to God? It's going to your prayer closet. It's, it's whether mornings or nights or whatever it is, it's that time and that worship unto God and saying, God, I'm submitting myself unto you. I'm choosing to turn off the football game or I'm choosing not to watch the other movie or I'm choosing to not do this, what I would normally veg out on TikTok or whatever it is that you do. And I'm going to say, God, I'm submitting to you because your word, I'm yet to find it, but it doesn't say spend four hours on TikTok every day. Some of you in here don't even, they're like, TikTok, that's from China, right? But the younger generation, that's a huge thing, all right? So I'm getting all generations here this morning, whether, whether it's your Facebook reels, you're, you're scrolling endlessly through Facebook, or, or you're on Instagram, or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is, fill in the blank, all right? Okay, so what are some ways that you can check up on to humble yourself this morning? Number one. We are citizens of the United States of America, the state of Wyoming. Uh, I think all of you probably live in Fremont County, and some of you either live in Lander or the municipality of Riverton or somewhere in between. You say, what? What are you talking about? You are citizens of country, state, county, city, right? First Timothy chapter 2 says this. He says, pray for your leaders that you may live a quiet and a peaceable life. One of our jobs and way that we can do this is to pray instead of complaining. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been driving four-wheel drive roads for the last month in the municipality of Lander. 
And you can ask my wife, some mornings, <laughs> some mornings I'm better at this than others. And then I see a post from the city of Lander that says our snowblower is broken. Great, this is good. <laughs> All right. Okay, here's what we can do as believers. What did Timothy say? What did Timothy say? First Timothy 2, uh, I don't remember, you have to find it. Pray for your leaders and all those in authority that you may live a quiet and peaceful life. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. This is a checkup on pride. Or this is a checkup on humility. All your leaders. Number one, you pray for President Joe Biden. You pray for Kamala Harris. You pray for your representatives. You pray for Governor Gordon. You pray for Monty Richardson. I didn't say complain. I'll tell you right now that if you're choosing to complain, that's pride according to the word of God. What did the word of God say? Pray. Pray for what? Pray for wisdom. That they may do their job. If you were in that role, come on. Pray that the labors across their path that they would make godly decisions. If you want to know how more to pray, come Tuesdays. And join in on corporate prayer. Almost every Tuesday, pray for our leaders and all those that are in authority. This church is highly supportive of leaders and all those in authority. I never said if you agree with their policies or not. I never, never said that. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. So, so to submit unto God means that you are truly, honestly, fully praying for those people that are in authority over your life on a federal, state, and a local level. A good place to check up. Is your heart moldable? Is your heart clay? If you find yourself, and this is me too, complaining that, gosh, I'm driving on these four-wheel drive roads down 5th Street. I'm turning it, and I'm saying, God, thank you for wisdom for our mayor and our city works department and all those. Thank you for helping them to be able to know what they need to do to get the job done in a timely manner. Thank you for your grace to be able to do the job that they've been called to do because I sure don't want to do it. Amen? So as believers, choose what comes out of this. Number two, how do I humble myself? As a church member. As a member of the body of Christ. And I'm going to talk specifically here in the church. Through the years as I've grown up, I see people, and I can see your heart pretty darn quick when I see whether you're going to go be on the cleaning team or not. You're choosing to come in and say, yeah, sure, I'll help out. I genuinely want to come help clean toilets, and I want the church to be clean before people come in. I know that person's heart. But I'm head of the worship team. And some guys, I, sometimes I see people come into the worship team and I say, yeah, I want to be in the worship team. Well, okay. Worship team, we have to be very careful of pride. We have to be very careful about humility. Man. Holy Spirit's teaching us today, isn't he? So here's a checkup this morning. I want you to ask yourself, are you willing to come? Is your heart, look in your heart this morning. 
Are you willing to come and do whatever it takes to serve God in whatever capacity that may look like? I was up here yesterday because we had some ice dams here at the church and some water that was coming a little bit ago and some of the snow has come and there was some ice dams again. And I was up here yesterday and I was shoveling the snow off of the, the roof. I said, man, God, and I was complaining a little bit. I was like, God, this isn't fair. Somebody else should be doing this job. But you know what? I humbled myself. I said, well, I'm preaching and I'm doing worship and all this other stuff. I said, no. I'm going to choose to have a good heart about it. I'm going to choose to have a right heart about it. And I'm going to choose to say, God, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, I'm going to serve you with my heart. I'm going to humble myself. What does that look like to you? What does that look like to you? How are you coming to church and serving God? How are you coming to church and submitting to God? Golly, man, the Holy Spirit is really working on us today. If you come and you sit in these chairs this morning and you just sit here, you come in the doors, you get a cookie, you come in, you get some coffee, you come and sit down in a chair, you chew your gum, you leave your Kleenex, you leave and you go, bye, see ya. Guys, God has called the body of Christ to come together. He did not say that a certain few people should do that. He wants you serving. He wants you submitted. He wants you involved in giving in some form or capacity. So to turn that, I would say this this morning. I would say, if you're not involved in an area, pray and ask about, God, what should I get involved in? Come talk to a person on the ministry staff and say, hey, what can I do to get involved? I want to get involved. I want to carry out your kingdom and the work of the local church. Does that make sense this morning? I don't want it to sound hard. I don't mean it to be hard. I just minister in what I feel is in my heart this morning. Number three, um, as an employee, as an employee, what is a way that we can humble ourselves as an employee? Um, whether or not you are self-employed, whether you work for an employee, whether you're retired, whatever place that looks like, it might look a little bit different to some of you. But um, Titus 2 talks about this. He talks about, he says, not talking back to your employer. Right? So Eric is, uh, you mind if I use you as an example for just a minute? So Eric cuts up meat at, at Frank's Custom Meat Shop in Hudson. He does, that's a cool job, I think, that he really is great at. And so um, your boss comes up to you and says, hey, man, I need you to stay a little bit longer to complete this extra job that I have for you. Okay? We, all of us can put ourselves in those shoes this morning. All right? So what's our response to our employer? Well, maybe our first thought is, but I really had plans to be able to do this, and I was going to go do this, and I was going to go do that, but um, okay, I'm going to submit unto you, and I'm going to say, yes, I submit unto you. I'm not going to do it with grumbling. I'm not going to do it with complaining, but I'm going to choose to do it with a submissive heart, right? I'm choosing to submit because you're my employer, you're, in a, you're a person that's in authority over me, and so I'm choosing to do that. Brayden, in your context, it would be a lot parents and teachers, right? You say, hey, okay, a teacher asked me to do something. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Right? That's what it would look like as, as a student um, if you're in classes or whatever it look like. Here's another one, a big one that Titus says. I'm going to try to keep moving this morning. I know we're starting to get a little bit closer here. Titus says this. He says, stop stealing. For those of you employees that are stealing, stop stealing. Maybe you say, oh, okay, yeah, well, um, I'm going to go to my job and um, um, I'm going to make some extra copies here and I'll just take it home for a personal use. Or 
um, you know, they got some extra stuff here at my job. I'll just take it home and, and use it, and they won't care at all. Well, I would say be careful. If God convicts you about something like that, you need to listen and follow and obey. Some of you may not feel any conviction about it. I know in the past there's times when I have. I'm very careful about saying, hey, I don't want to use something from my job for something that's personal. Why? It's again, it's what God asks us to do in a state of honor and submission to my employer because they are a person that's owed an authority over me. Does that make sense this morning? All right. And the last one that I have um, also, how can you humble yourself? Uh, for those of us, again, who are married in a relationship this morning, whether you're not, whether you're looking to be in a relationship, whether you're not, it doesn't matter. First uh, Corinthians 13 says, love does not insist on its own right or its own way, but rejoices when right and tr truth prevail. Right? So there's always a way that you can humble yourself in a marriage relationship. There's always more that you can do to be able to give to that other person. And always remember that only person that you can change is you. Okay? So, we've talked a lot about pride. We've talked a lot about humility this morning. We've talked about submitting ourselves unto God. And so, let's talk about now a little bit more of the application piece on this. Here's a checkup on pride today. Pride, number one. Um, I'm quoting Lewis from William Law. It's a, it's a, a quote from... Um, C.S. Lewis, he says this, there is no surer proof of a confirmed pride than a belief that one is sufficiently humble. Let's say that again. There is no surer proof of a confirmed pride than a belief that one is sufficiently humble. So if you're coming in to today, let me rephrase that a little bit. If you're coming in to say and say, yeah, you know what, pastor, what you're saying is, I don't need it, I'm humble. It's actually directly telling you that you have lots of pride in your life. Right? So a way to be able to, to check up on that then is to be able to say, okay, God, I want you to be able to, uh, I ask that you change my heart. I ask that there's something that, that if I need to change, you help me change it. You show it to me where I need to do. Another way is ask yourself, um, how much do I dislike it when other people snub me, other people refuse to take notice of me, other people patronize me or show off? So if somebody, if you come in, you get a new outfit, you get a new hairstyle, and you're walking in, hey, I hope everybody notices. I just got my hair done. I hope anybody's going to notice. I got a new outfit, right, y'all? I lost 10 pounds. Come on, somebody notice. It's a good checkup on pride. Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness another way that we can do it guys and the last one that I have for you on the idea of pride ask somebody who you live with or work with and be honest and say hey are there uh, is there arrogance in my life is there you know do you see an area of pride and be willing to accept their answer so ask the trusted somebody that's close to you hey do you see pride in my life? Do you see areas where you feel like I need to humble myself? <laughs> that could be a humbling conversation, but if you're really willing to, that's an area to check up on, okay? How to choose humbleness. I've already talked about this a little bit. 
But we must let Jesus' way of thinking, his values and attitudes, become of utmost importance in our lives. Number two, we must rely upon Christ and ask him to help us reveal the areas of our life that need to practice humility. And number three, Paul said to the Philippians in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Ask yourselves, how much am I caring about what I want versus how much am I caring about what other people around me want? That's a really good place to check up on humility. Am I saying, hey, yeah, well, this makes me more comfortable, so I'm going to definitely do this. Well, a good checkup could be, okay, how can I make your life better? How can I do something that would help you? Because naturally, nature, our sin nature says, I want me, I want comfort, I want nice, I want be on the beach, Hawaii right now, <laughs> drinking from a fresh coconut. <laughs> Pastor just got back from Texas. I was looking at the weather. I shouldn't have done it. It was a mistake. <laughs> it was like a seven in the tens digit. You know, I was like, man. Josh, we need some help, man. Come on, help us out a little bit. Josh is a meteorologist, so talk to him later if you... Uh... All right, so he's like, man, I'm doing the best I can. I'm really sorry. <laughs> he's like, you got two options. You can fly south or you can wait till March, right? Okay, all right. So, so guys, as an application to this today and wrapping all this up, you know, I hope that I've given you lots of stuff to be able to check up in your life on. We're honoring God by choosing to submit ourselves, not only to God, but to those in authority and the leaders of those around us. The more we choose to do this, the more we choose. And, and as you're looking in your reading, I challenge you, look, and Jesus often talked about the day before Jesus died, what did he do? He washed the disciples' feet, which is a true sign of submission. One thing I forgot to say about pride, what is the biggest instance of pride in the Bible? Come on, somebody. Satan. Oh, God, I'm better than you. Be careful. All right. So, Larea, if you want to come just for a minute and kind of closing this up today. Um, what I want to try to do is I want to just give you a minute to practice this. And here's where the rubber meets the road. Okay? I want to open up the altar just for a minute here. Mitch, if you'd grab this for me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. I want to open this up for you to apply this. Now, um, you know, at school, it's always the hard part when you say, okay, here's the teaching, and all the kids are like, yeah, I get that. And I'm like, okay, now, your turn. <laughs> right? Oh, man, this is hard. I got it when you told me. Now it's hard. I got to do it myself. I want to open this up this morning for you to be able to come up and you to be able to ask God, if there's pride in your life, to be able to have him reveal that to you and to have him show you what that is. I'm going to give you an opportunity to humble yourselves this morning. Whether or not you want to do so at your chair, whether you want to come up to the altar, it's not something that we see a lot in, in church days anymore. A lot of times people coming up to the altar. In old times, church, people would always come as a sign of repentance, as a sign of humbleness, as a sign of saying, hey, I'm coming. Now, here's a real, a real test of pride and humility. If you're thinking first and foremost in your mind, gosh, I don't want anybody to see me. There's pride. So you're the best case scenario for a person to come up and to submit yourself to God. Because who cares what people think about you? 
As David said, I will run, I will dance, I will dance before my king. I don't care what people think about me. So this is now your working in your heart. Remember, it's up to us to humble ourselves before God. And so now I'm putting the ball in your court this morning. Whatever it is you want it to look like, I'm going to give you a couple minutes this morning, and we'll just have some music playing in the background. We're going to, it's just a time between you and God this morning. Whether it is you want to fellowship with Him in your chair, if you feel like, hey, I need to kick myself in the butt on this right now. And I need to say, flesh, you shut up, and I'm going to humble myself and get up there. I wasn't planning on telling this story, but I feel like it's right. One of the things as we entered this new year that I was asking the Lord about was um, I felt like if there was a chocolate chip cookie, three chocolate chip cookies, a bunch of cinnamon rolls, I would eat them all or a lot of them, right? And I felt like that I needed to judge myself on it. And so one of the things that we did at the start of the year is I chose a fast that I needed to do. And I fasted for a while, and it was hard. I'd never done something like that before. But you know what it did? It changed my perspective. I humbled myself. And now it's put me in a really good place that I feel like I, can, I have more control over food choices or not only reason I'm even telling you that is has nothing to do with me, but it's a story to help you this morning. Is there something in your life that feels out of control? Is there something in your life that you need to humble yourself on? Remember, honoring God. In order for us to honor God, we must submit ourselves to Him. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Miss any parts on it? So, Let's go ahead and um, take just a couple of minutes now. Let's go ahead and bow your heads. If you want to come forward, I'm going to open up the altar this morning. Don't be scared. Don't be ashamed. I want you to take a couple of minutes now. And you say, God, okay, I'm going to humble myself before you. I'm going to humble myself before you. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to say, hey, God, um, I want to say, I want you, more of you in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Lord, we thank you this morning. God, we humble ourselves before you. God, we humble ourselves before you. If there's something that we need to do, God, please show us. God, we want to honor you. We want to submit ourselves to you. Our hearts are like clay. Our hearts are like clay, Father God. Our hearts are like clay this morning as we come to you and submit ourselves before you. Hallelujah. 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 It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.